But we've all we've all taken dirty Saudi. Oil. I've taken I've got dirty village hotel money. I'm taking dirty cheap hats because they got printed incorrectly and stuff. Like I'm, I'm I've got dirty Peter Miller gear that I got from a fake fifty percent off code from that was meant to be for somebody else, not me anyway. So we've, we've all we've all got our fingers in something dirty. I've, I'm twenty three pence up in the stock market. We're all involved in dirty things. He's out with a driver now. Now I'm not sure this is right. Would somebody kindly let's go and stop him? Give him a large brandy and pop him down. No, this this really is beyond a joke now. He's he's, he's gone gaga because this is uh, this is quite. I've never seen anything like it before, and to attempt to hit the ball out of there is pure madness. Seen a worse golf shot? No, answer the question. It's terrible. This could be good. Come in. This could be good. Looks better than it is, folks. Not bad. Hello, <laughs> everybody. Welcome along to the RACDG podcast once again, uh, episode number 12. My name's Gary, and I'm joined, as always, by the president of the RACDG, past captain and past professional tour golfer, Mr. Crawford Anderson. Dylan Crawford, how are you doing this evening? I'm okay, Gary. And we've not got Rob. He's away dealing with a bit of family business. Uh, But we are joined uh, by a very special guest this week. He is the man who is the current RACDG champion golfer of the year, one half of the merch team with some exciting news on that. And uh, one of the main proprietors of the RACDG Grill Club and the Chub Club, counterintuitive couple of clubs there, but it seems to work out somehow. Mr. Ben Lovejoy. Ben, how are you doing? I'm tremendous, Gary. Even he's tremendous. He's tremendous. No, that's good to hear. Um, as I said, tremendous, Rob's not here. That's a, that's a good word, is it? Tremendous. It's like an old school word. It's like somebody called Trevor. So <laughs> that just brought me in mind of I was in uh, I was in Croatia a couple of years ago. And uh, I was there just with two mates, and one of them's absolutely terrible with women, really awkward, really bad with women. And the other one's my best mate who listens to this podcast. He's not a golf fan, but he listens to this. Hello, Dean, if you're listening. And um, he's also a bit funny with girls, although he's, he's now got a lovely fiance. But we're in Croatia, and we're in this bar, and might not be, I'm probably not the best looking man in the world. I'll go as far to say that, right? I'll admit that much, but I can chat to girls. I've got no qualms about going up to girls and chatting to them but at the time I had a girlfriend so I was playing kind of wingman with the two of them and uh, we went over to a table and it was a Welsh girl and an Australian girl and both of them were, were pretty pretty nice looking so I, I just kind of broke the ice with them hi how you doing da 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 by the way this is my friend Gordy this is my friend Dean I'm going to go get a drink I'll let you guys get better acquainted and off I went to the bar and I thought right I've done all the hard work for them. All they need to do now is just kind of settle down and chat to the two girls and we're flying here. And um, went and got a drink, came back five minutes later and I walk over to Gordy and he's speaking to the Welsh girl. And the first, like this 100% true, the first sentence I heard him say is, so you, are you quite into Tom Jones then? Or is that just like, is that just a stereotype? <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking hell right so I just left that I says look it's not unusual uh, for a Welsh girl to be into Tom Jones <laughs> left that conversation and turned over to my mate Dean and this is why just what you saying about a uh, good word there the girl was a journalist apparently and my mate Dean was obviously thinking of like a goodly like, incisive question to ask her and he went what would you say your favourite word is my favourite word is absolutely because you can put it in front of anything and it makes it sound better. And I was just like, right, I'm going. I'm <laughs> <laughs> right now. <laughs> the two shittest chat-up lines I've ever heard in my life. Um, and that was, I don't know how I ended up in that tangent, but there we are. I've started the last three podcasts with strange little stories like that. As you can tell, Rob, as you can tell Rob's not here. <laughs> <laughs> this could get pretty dangerous. This is the position we're in at the moment. So anyway, Rob, uh, Gary, carrying on from our last conversation, I've been having a few more beans. <laughs> Dan and <laughs> No, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. That was a lot of time ago. A lot of talk about <laughs> online sexual activity. <laughs> nope, nope, that's banned. Um, we'll move on. We'll move on strictly uh, and quickly to the week that was. Um, 
been quite an exciting week in the world. Been a bit mad in the old stock market with everybody um, going a bit wild and taking taking down the man. How do you feel about it, Crawford, being a, a man who's, you know, seen life at both sides of the tracks? Are you very fuck the man or are you scared for the uh, multi-billionaires that are in a little bit of bother? Oh, I'm not scared for the multi-billionaires, fuck them. Um, I, uh, it's interesting though because this is probably the wrong podcast to get into it. Um, I've never been a huge fan of the stock market. I wrote a thing the other day on the group about how my family lost a, lost a fortune 20 years ago, twice, uh, in the space of a year because of 9-11 and because of the dot-com bubble. And um, so I never since then, I've just I've had a real dislike of the stock market, mainly because I've just seen it as a kind of gambling institutions for a bunch of rich people to just make themselves richer for no particular reason. They don't create anything or do anything or change the world. They just sit around and move money around. So fuck them, as far as I'm concerned. If the man wants, if the, the, the gang wants to wants to try to, you know, <coughs> group together online and uh, and fuck over a hedge fund, then I'm, I'm all, all for it. You say that, um, but I bought three shares in Nokia earlier on today. And I'm a cool 26 pence up at the moment. So swings and roundabouts, families lose fortunes. Uh, I've got enough for half of a Freddo. So the books all balance uh, eventually. Um, That was the week. Uh, We're still in lockdown, so there's no golf to be talked about. Notably, it's looking like we might be getting out of golf-based lockdown around about the first week of March, the 8th of March or so. Um, I know there was a lot of chat in the uh, main chats, the main groups kind of in despair that, God, this is going to go on for another four or five weeks. I'm kind of trying to take the opposite viewpoint of it and say we've only got four or five weeks left because after that, it's very, very unlikely, uh, God forbid, something crazy happens that we end up in lockdown again and golf gets cancelled again. So maybe worth looking at along the lines of it's only another four or five weeks until the uh, super season starts. What is the PGA Tour calling it just now, the mega season or... The super oh, season. Yeah, some, some ridiculous marketing spiel. Yeah, but I mean, we've got our own one. The RACDG's got its own super season coming up. So yeah, just sit tight, everybody, for another four or five weeks. We'll get there. Um, got plenty of stuff that we've been getting on with through lockdown. We're going to speak to Ben a little bit about that because he's been at the centre of quite a bit of that. But I think what we'll do now is get to know you a little bit better, Mr Lovejoy. Um, we're not going to do a full meet the flock because I've not got the questions in front of me, but I'm going to wing some uh, anyway and just get to... Get to the the deep delving heart of the uh, champion golfer of the year. So, uh, first of all, Ben, where do you play? Do you like golf? Where, where, where do you play? I like golf. I like golf. Uh, I currently play at a club called Langdon uh, Langdon Hills uh, here in Essex. Um, probably won't be there an awful lot longer, to be honest. Um, and then got a country membership up at Woodbridge as well. Uh, but looking for a new club, probably a new home in the next sort of couple of months. Um, Woodbridge was pretty much inspired by the group, wasn't it? You kind of ended up in here and sort of talking about country memberships and then looked into Woodbridge and and we all basically just ganged up on you until you bought one. In in essence, what it happened, it was actually the guy I have lessons from. He was the one who said to me, he goes, oh, if you want to... I was complaining, like many Essex people, I was complaining about crabs and wet golf in in the winter. Um, so it was good to, uh, he was just like, you need to just go up to Suffolk. You just need to go up to Suffolk. There's, there's Woodbridge and there's a couple other places up there as well, but he was a member up there for a while. Went up there one day, um, got in touch with him. We just went for a little, went for a round and was just like, it, it was mid-February and I walked off and my shoes were clean. I was like, oh, this is a real thing then. Chatting in the group and they're like, yeah, you need to do it. So one thing leads to another and here we are. How far away are you from Woodbridge? Just over an hour. It's like, well, that's all right. It's not. Yeah. Did you just look out the window there to see how far away you were? Because I just <laughs> see you, Tom. Just over an hour. <laughs> it's like when somebody says, "When are you going on holiday?" and you look at your watch. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, middle of June, yeah. No, it's it's because the moon was outside and he was working out for the moon and the alignment of the stars yeah. are far away. Getting a sextant out. It's about 17 miles due west from here as the crow flies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so how long have you been playing golf, Ben? What's your handicap and anything else notable about your golf game? Um, the two-way miss is regularly in play. Boom. Um, been playing for probably about six years, seven years or so, but not really taking it very seriously, but a social goal for your mates. It's probably only about the last sort of two and a half years, 
three years, I was like, actually, I quite fancy trying to get better at this, taking the lessons a bit more seriously and whatever. Um, and currently playing off 13.5 after the index shenanigans at the end of last year. And this is a, a loaded question because I know what the answer is going to be, but it leads us on quite nicely. What's your greatest achievement in golf? Yeah, it, it would be it would be the shot by 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 a long way. I don't win anything to be honest. So, were you were you confident going into that week weekend? Even no, no, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Lynx golf. Shock horror. Um, always had struggled in the wind, struggled off tight turf a lot of the time. You know, just not very good at taking the rough with the smooth that you're meant to and go rolling with the punches of of Lynx golf. Um, and you described yourself a few times as a mental midget. Yeah, and then there's that, which is, I mean, I think like three weeks prior to the to the shot, four weeks prior in the club comp, um, we're, I'm, on, I'm on the 13th tee, I am tanking along 30 plus points. Absolutely. I'm thinking, right, we're big cut coming here. Like, let's get this in the house. Finished with 35 points. <laughs> you know so so the mental midget is real it's it's it is a thing that is really there um yeah i mean we, it was first and foremost it was a wonderful three days with three amazing courses and it was just you know on top of that bunch of mates i played in a few of the events prior so i kind of knew quite a few people going Going into like, because on we played, we all went down early and we played like a, a practice fun round on the West Course on the, was it the Friday or the Saturday? The Saturday, um, yeah. The Saturday, yeah. Um, and uh, you played pretty well and you and I both won that. You won on Countback or whatever, but, um, doesn't, doesn't but we, we another, another asterisk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but so, but, the, but I, I've kind of been in that situation before where I've played well one day and I walked into the next day with no expectations at all. I fully expected to be shit the next day just because I'd been good on the Saturday. How were you feeling about it after walk, after winning on the Saturday? Yeah, the same, to be honest. Uh, that first tee shot at Royal North Devon with the wind off the left I was, and, and a little creek down the right, and I found that off the first tee shot. And you think, oh, here we go. This is, uh, yeah. That's it. The, the peak was yesterday. Um but to be to be fair, once once we sort of turned and went with the wind, and we kind of got it going a bit. It was it was actually it was actually an awful lot of fun. Um, I didn't really realise kind of how I was sort of ticking along until we sort of got towards the end. To be honest, um, so you had the first eighteen holes, Ben played pretty well, perched yourself up the top uh, of the leaderboard, and then you went out for the second round. All the pressure on you. Started pretty well, held on pretty well. I was following this really closely because I'd actually bet money on you to win it. Uh, so I, you were you were doing well, and then it got to about the fourteenth or fifteenth, and I thought he's got it, no bother. It's in the bag here. He only needs about two or three points in the past couple of holes. So you came up the last hole, and you needed net one point. You needed one point to win it, uh, which was a net double bogey, just to take it outright. So talk us through what what happened in the last hole. Uh, well. The man on the screen is is what happened. To be saying, he's he's up there in your grill with his little camera. You know what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> if you can't take the pressure, you shouldn't get. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, it's fair. It's fair. Uh, now the tee shot, and then just absolutely whiffed. Like it was, it's it was too far to get there, but I couldn't. There was there is no layout. It's par four. Like I should have taken more off the tee, but I took a safe club, um, and you know. It, it, Things move quickly, as they say. And as I said, like, I could not feel my hands. It was but not was only saying, a seven on the last hole. It was a seven from the middle of the fairway on the last hole. Yeah, that, that'd be correct. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, 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 that'd be correct. With a drop, which, to be fair, the only reason you found that ball was because it happened to land right beside Davey. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, these are all facts. There's, there's, there's no embellishment here. So you make your seven... You walk off, you're in a tie with, was it Chris Rogerson uh, yeah. in, a, in a tie? Lab played well as well. He played well that day. Yeah. How do you feel winning the worst playoff in the history of golf? No, as you can know, before we get there, can I just go back a little bit? At what point, from after you kind of realised that it had been a draw, up until the point where we decided to play a playoff hole, when was it during that process that you decided to cheat by putting your ball forward of the team? <laughs> 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 
Talk us through your process there, Ben. <laughs> I, there wasn't a process. I think by that point, it was there was a combination of exhaustion and just, I need to get these fucking iron numbers, to be honest with you. <laughs> so you won the playoff hole, essentially, with an NR. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, what? There, was, there wasn't even scores. <laughs> it was just Chris what, gave what, up what before you, you did. One, two, three, four, five. Was it a six or a double bogey? I was, I was, I was six on the green. Yeah, I was six on the green. Yeah, classy, classy. That was good fun though. It was, it was really good. It was really good atmosphere there because everyone walking down the first hole with you guys and I think the people at the club were like, "What the fuck is going on here? Like, what are these people doing?" Um, but it was a good crack. If I hadn't been involved in it, if I'd actually been like watching other people, I would have really enjoyed it. Yeah. But there was, there was no, there was zero enjoyment at that. Like, I was going to say was... that if you've not played a lot of competitive golf, you've not really won anything in the competitive golf sphere, and then all of a sudden you've got thirty or forty or whatever people following you down a playoff hole where you're trying to win a competition against a lot of them. You must have been shaking like a shitting dog. Yeah, the, the worst was eighteen. Like stand, standing perched in this big dune with like grass and just after having a drop the world is going and like I literally my hands were just I could not feel them I, I could have been I could have had anything in my hands oh don't say that but I could yeah you just I just I couldn't I couldn't and I just yeah I just was just like just get it out and get it out there but like it was oh it was it was the worst but yeah it was also it's great fun and it is the kind of thing it is so cliche but it is like you do kind of gain belief from it that you go actually well in the future why why can't I do it again sort of thing and funnily enough scores after that obviously we got locked down in November but then going into December like kind of scores after that were, were kind of there was a little bit still there so who knows what this year brings that, that's the thing you can look at it in the way of it's just a you know a daft competition with a bunch of mates or you can look at it in the sense of there's 40 odd people here that play golf an absolute insane amount and are yeah. quite highly there's a lot of people there that are quite highly competitive and it must have been in your kind of nasty competitive side it must have been quite nice to go in there all you know happy and nonchalant and now i've not really played competitive golf before and then you know put down a few of the the more really competitive guys who would really have wanted to win? I think there was, like, throughout the year, like, the, the buddy I play with, he's ultra competitive. He never has, like, a, a practice round. He always wants to beat you. And it, a lot of the time, it just gets on your nerves. But there's kind of a bit with that that you do you do kind of get used to it a bit. And then I played on... I played with Sean and uh, Matt Wave on the Saturday... And, you know, very comfortable, very sociable. But actually, like, playing with two guys who can both really golf their ball, it actually just kind of gets you in the in the mode to, like, kind of... Actually, you know, I've got to hit... I don't... I always go on the golf course, and the, the number one thing is I don't embarrass myself. And when you're playing with two good players, like, you, you kind of... I can hit the ball okay enough to kind of keep up with them, but it's everything else that just... You know, they just, they're just better at you, which is fine, you know, but you... You kind of it does lock you in. I just drift, you know. I just go, oh yeah, that's a nice, good look, you know, nice looking thing over there and whatever. And you know, next thing you know, you've made two sixes. Ben, it's a very valid point, and I'm going to take that point and extrapolate it to blame my own performance on the terrible <laughs> playing partners that I had. If they hadn't been such shit golfers, I would have been way better than. <laughs> there we go. There were some incredible scores going on on the other side of the leaderboard at the shot. So the fact that you got round well, and as a general kind of mid to high handicapper, kept your shit together when everybody around you seemed to be falling to bits was a testament to not being a mental midget, uh, but maybe being a mental midget with a massive set. So respect there. You won the shot, and the uh, what do you get from it? You got you got a trophy, and you also got a old set of clubs that you need to use at the shot next year. Yeah, yeah, absolute muck, absolute muck. <laughs> yeah. So, in case anybody doesn't know, we we, we kind of I came up with this idea a long time ago that um, <clears throat> whoever wins that you don't want the same person winning year after year after year. So it'd be a fun idea that whoever wins it gets given a pair of fucking terrible old shit clubs that they then have a year to practice with in order to defend the year later. So <clears throat> the way it works is that you you don't have to pay 
for to go to the shop next year. It kind of gets paid for for you, but you have to play with shit clubs. So you have a year to play with your your shit clubs. How's that going, Ben? They are shit. They yeah, are yeah. shit. Have you had a go? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I said I said I will film the first first rain <laughs> session. Will be filmed and will be put up in the group. You know what's going to be really funny as well as other people at that range at the time you're going to rock up with that bag and pull those clubs out. They're going to be like, "What the fuck is this?" Dude? They're going to be walking up going, "Dude, there's a there's a shop just out. Have you heard of American Golf?" <laughs> um, ben, that was the shot. That was back in October. Since then, as you quite rightly say, we've maybe not been playing much golf because of lockdown and everything. But you've been a busy boy in terms of the RACDG. Um, first of all, let's talk merch. You've been doing all the merch stuff with uh, Mr. John Stern. Basically, run us through that. What's happening? Where are we going? What can we be looking forward to? And how many free uh, bits and pieces are you going to be sending me in Crawford? That's <laughs> all we care about. Um, <clears throat> yep. We've got, uh, obviously, John did the, the hats last time, um, did a fine job. And it's a case of, we wanted to, there's obviously the flock has grown, which is always a you know, a, a positive, and it's been various sort of talks about different bits for merch. Um and you know, he's kind of it's a lot of work to, to for, for one person to do. So I just offered to help John. He's kind of done, you know, he's he's got he's the big ideas guy. I just, you know, nod and agree and then go and do my given task. Um there's a there's a few bits coming, certainly. I know that it's been quite a bit that's already been put up in the group or whatever. Um, I think John's trying to put like a little catalogue together that will have everything and then all the prices once we've got all the final bits in. Um, I think a lot of the stuff, thankfully, is going to be able to be ordered uh, in on an individual basis, which uh, allow it means we don't have to have the overhead of buying lots of it and then have it sitting in Lionel John's front room for a large period of time while we get rid of it. Um, but it uh, obviously... Yeah, we've got, I think there's hoodies, T-shirts, various, uh, I think there's a potential bobble hat, a couple of designs, um, and... The putter covers uh, as well. Putter covers is the one, yeah. So I know there's a few little bits of the putter covers, but hopefully, um, you know, I think I think John said that he's got pretty much everything's come in now, so he's now kind of getting, collating it all together and it'll be put in the group. Do they fit on putters that are fashion accessories? That's a big question. Yes, fashion purchase is good. That's good to know. Um, what we were hoping to do uh, eventually as well is when we've got a lot more merch in is get it up on the RACDG website, RACDG.com. Uh, to pull back the curtain a little bit, we would hopefully have had that in place already, but we can't get a bank account open because Crawford is blacklisted from the world. <laughs> 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 you, you, you think, everyone thinks that he's joking, but he's genuinely not. <laughs> <laughs> 100% true. I, I'm, I'm blacklisted in at least half a dozen countries. <laughs> <laughs> so Crawford is persona non grata um, yeah. so we need to figure out a different way of doing this but we will hopefully have everything a bit more structured than up on the website but for now uh, the teas are on order Ben how many teas are we ordering? 11,000 we're ordering 11,000 <laughs> teas it, it's, it's fair to say as usual it's spiralled and obviously the teas are one of the first things we sort of did would have been kind of sort of and then March, April last time last year, uh, Bill sort of thought it was a good idea to you know oh I might have a few people who can spread the shipping. Um, he ended up ordering four thousand. Obviously, again we've had quite a few new people, so why not? Um, I thought we might get double. To be honest, I thought we were going to be eight eight thousand, seven eight thousand. We were at, we were at six and a half after twenty four hours. We were at four and a half thousand within fifteen minutes. So it's. <laughs> It's, it's better. And then, of course, throw in the uh, limited edition Air Breslin. Um, thank, uh, shout Tell out us about Matt that. T- Explain that to everyone. Yeah, well, yeah, so obviously we've got Josh and his uh, endeavour to touch the ceiling. In his Update house. coming soon. Yeah, with his, <laughs> in his rather swanky like, uh, uh, abode. And it, obviously the screenshot was taken or whatever. Matt TC turned it into a logo. And... Yeah, I saw it and someone said, oh, wouldn't it be great? And I was like, well, I'll, I'll email them. I was emailing them anyway, sent them the logo. And yeah, he was like, yeah, I can do that. So we've got a limited edition 1,000 tees, uh, which are going to be going out as well for the people who wanted them. So, How many tees are you ordered, Crawford? 
Oh, 200 of the main ones, and I think 40 of our Breslin. So that's, if you hit um, about 30 tee shots around, including reloads, that'll last you <laughs> at least two weeks or something like that. Well, that's no, the, well, the, the, here's the thing. these The Western Birch tees don't break, man. They last oh, ages. T- tell everybody about your creepy par 3 tee thing that you've got that made you top uh, one at St. Well, Andrews. Yeah, well, any, everyone who's played with me will know about this craziness, but... I don't know where this came from, um, but uh, I have a superstition that when I'm on a par, a par three, or else if I'm hitting off a par four that doesn't require like a, like a full tee, like if I'm using a, a hybrid or an iron off a par four, but anything that's not a full tee, I have a superstition that I can't use one from my pocket, from my bag. I can't use one that's given to me by my playing partner. I have to find a broken tee on the tee box. So we were playing the playing. old course... And Crawford was like swanning. We got to the 11th. We were the first game out of the day. So that meant that there was no broken tees in front of us. No, and Crawford they, 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 yeah, fancy places scouring. are a nightmare because they always pick them up over every night, every morning. And you were scouring about the... No, it was the 8th tee, sorry. You're scouring about the 8th tee at St Andrews, the first par three, looking for a tee. And you're going, oh, I can't hit unless I find a tee. I can't fit. And I'm going, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? So I've snapped a tee in my pocket and dropped it in the ground. and went, Crawford, look, I found one. And then he's picked it up and he's went, did you just drop that there? And I was like, why does it matter? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like, I always yeah, know. I, I always know. And then you were just like, well, I'm going to use it. But just to let you know, I'm going to top this anyway. And then, <laughs> lo and behold, you fucking topped, topped it. it 10 yards in front of the car. <laughs> you could have done that if you tried. I, think, I don't know. I was, I, was, I was playing with someone about five years ago and he had this... And he just put the idea in my head, and I I can't. And then I started I started doing it, and then it became a thing. And then every now and again, I'm like, "This is ridiculous! I cannot do this. I'm gonna just use a normal tee." And I put the tee down literally halfway through my backswing. All that's happening in my head is, "You're gonna fucking top this! I told you you shouldn't have done this. You're gonna fucking top this!" And I do every time I top Quite it. Hard to top it, like. I couldn't, to- if, if I tried to top it, I wouldn't top it. So being able to like top it on command, but also not on command, like subconsciously top it on command is quite impressive. It's elite ball striking. Everything everything related to your golf game is impressive in some way or another, Crawford. <laughs> like, there's a lot going on. <laughs> you can, you, believe me, only 10% of what you see is, is, is you know, the stuff that's in my head. You're a golfing <laughs> iceberg. I see, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben <laughs> back on track we've got the merch there's going to be plenty coming uh, with that what I think we'll do just now because speaking of merch and deals and things within the group is we're going to take a very short break in a minute or so I'm going to give a big shout out to our man Lucas who works for a hotel chain called Village Hotels and Lucas has very kindly negotiated our very first sponsorship Crawford an actual genuine real life group society sponsorship where yep. if you're a member of the RACDG you can receive 20% off any stays at any village hotels across the country there's 36 of them across the country yeah well, it's, it's, like it's, like, it's actually 20% off their cheapest rate is that oh, that's, that's shite I, I want the honeymoon suite <laughs> no, 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 it's twenty percent off whatever you book, but it's not as if it's twenty percent off their rack rate, and then yeah. you can find cheaper rates and whatever it is on the. But whatever their their cheapest rate happens to be is twenty percent off. Oh, that. that's better. Then. That's good. Then I'm with that. So twenty percent off hotel. Way I'm seeing it, this summer we're probably not going to be getting abroad. You're probably going to be holidaying somewhere around about the UK at home. There's 30-odd village hotels. I've been to the one in Glasgow a few times. They do a lovely Sunday roast, good Yorkshire puddings, and uh, it's a great hotel as well. So if you want that rate, uh, it's kicking about the chat. We'll put it up in the clubhouse as well. But basically, there's a special RACDG rate. If you're a if you're a flock or a member of the RACDG, you can get that hotel for 20% off. And they're also, I think, going to be the hotel chain that we use for the shut this year. And going ahead, if we are doing any overnighters and we can get one nearby, uh, that will be the official hotel chain of choice. No word yet on whether we're getting the logo on the back of the hoodies or anything like that. Yeah, well, we're we're randomly using we're using it for the shot, and we're also using it for the uh, the uh, Croc of the North as well. We're using their their lead North Leeds Hotel uh, and the one in Swansea. That's pretty cool. Uh, very very thankful for Lucas doing that, and that's going to save a lot of flockers a lot of money uh, over the course of the year, probably. 
So we're going to take a break now, uh, and when we come back, Ben, we're going to talk about other things that I'm going to plan in the next five minutes when we're on the break, <laughs> but part of that will be a Flock 5. Uh, until then, we're going to have an update on... Uh, Josh touched the ceiling. Uh, if, if we've got any sort of update, it's going to be dropped in here. I'm pretty excited to find out the latest instalment in that. Uh, so has Josh touched the ceiling? And there you go, an update that we don't even uh, really know, but I'm guessing he hasn't yet because we'd probably have heard. But before we go to our break, we're going to have an update on another crucial, crucial point uh, that we've asked over the past couple of weeks. Crawford, what is that question? Is James still a member of St Andrews? Is James still a member of St Andrews? We'll find out in a moment. Aye, aye, is James still a member? Aye, aye, St Andrews, did he tell you? Aye, aye, he talks about it every day. Yes. Check back next week. Okay, we are back, part two of this week's RACDG podcast. Something a little bit new here before we get cracking on. Crawford has just sent me a list. This was his idea of all of the newbies who have come aboard lately into the chats or into the clubhouse or basically made themselves known over the past week. So hopefully Mark's going to play some snazzy music in the background just now and I'm going to run through all of these just with a big welcome shout out to Sheehy? 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 Yeah, Brian Sheehy. Brian Sheehy. Brian Sheehy? Sheehy. I don't know why my voice gets really high when I say he's Sheehy. Tom Dean. Listen, dude, she is a member of some banging golf courses. You don't want to piss them off. I don't know how to say his name. Brian Sheehy. Tom Dean. We've got Chris Thompson. We've got Dave Kerr from Edinburgh. We've got Tommy Dean from Hindhead. We've got Henry Ellis. We've got Matt Burnett from Nutsford. We've got Mike Crosby, who's a caddy at the old course at St Andrews, the very same old course that James Allen is a member at. We've got Aaron, Aaron Shah. We've got Quan Wong. We've got Adam Minutes. We've got Connor Rake. And we've got Brian Normoil. If I've mispronunciated your name, you have my full and unadulterated apologies there. But welcome along. Welcome to the flock. Welcome to the podcast. I hope you're listening. You could, um, if all of you listen to that, you could literally double uh, our listener numbers. So, <laughs> Brian is interesting. Brian is a member at Mill Ride Golf Club in Berkshire, which is also where Blair is a member at Mill Ride. And Mill Ride always makes me snigger like a child because ride in Ireland ride, means, means a girl that's like you, that you want to shag. So they're a golf club. Mill, Mill, Mill Ride sounds like, a, yeah, you said she's hot oh yeah she's a mill ride <laughs> and they play golf there the, uh, the mind of a nine-year-old there and oh, um, always speaking of the mind of a nine-year-old we've not done it in a couple of weeks because we didn't want it to become uh, something that was a bit mean-spirited despite me just calling him an infant but um we've got probably one of grunt's best ever takes oh crawford's gone we've got so like to give a bit of background, uh, there's a RACDG club called the Chub Club, which is basically a bunch of our heavier lads, uh, except from you, Kenny, you skinny little bitch, uh, heavier lads trying to lose a little bit of weight, a little bit of lumber, and we use this to, to motivate each other, to keep each other going. Being the start of the year, Ben, I think you'll agree, there's quite a few of us that have jumped in head first. We've been pretty good with our diet and been pretty good with our exercising through the month. You're a bit of an inspiration within the group because I think last year you lost something like four stone last year or something stupid like that. Yeah, three and a half stone last year. And you've uh, kept that up early on this year. We're going to talk about the Chub Club in a wee minute, but I'll do the, the grunts take of the week. So, Prefacis, Grant has lost about a stone this month, right? He's done really, really well. He's been on a low-carb, no-carb diet. He's been spot on with it. There's no ill feeling in what I'm going to say here, but it's just the way that he said this sentence, I could not stop laughing about it, right? So just out of nowhere the other day, he just came in and went, 
All right, guys, I'm fully sold on this low-carb, no-carb thing. Really working for me. Uh, I don't even feel hungry anymore any of the time. To be honest, I think I'll only eat now because I've made it a bit of a habit over the last 35 years. Just made it a bit of a habit. I don't even, yeah, know, I even need to breathe. I don't even need to breathe. I've just, I've kind of just fell into it over the past 30 years and just get going with it. The only reason I ever take a shit is because it's a habit. I can stop anytime I want. I can stop anytime I want. I've just fallen into it. Just one of these things, eating, breathing, sleeping. Um, he's, he's lost a stone, but like, it was just the, the the way that he put across. It's, it's, most of the time with Grant, it's just the way that he shares his ideas, and I really, really found that hilarious. Um, but the Chop Club itself, as I said, we've been in there for, we've been talking since about July. We've all been kind of setting each other little challenges and stuff. It's one of the things that we've been kind of uh, motivating each other with throughout lockdown over the past couple of months, especially. Um, and it's one of the good kind of RACDG resources that we've got there. So set ourselves a little challenge in January. I think it was like um, a thousand burpees, a thousand squats, a thousand setups, a thousand push-ups, and a thousand leg raises throughout the course of the month i think there's a couple that look like they might complete it but most guys have at least there's done... only you gary no 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 somebody else somebody else it's at like 850 just now because i was i was feeling fucking smug because I, I i will complete it i've got like 200 to go i was feeling smug and i was like i'm going to be the only one that does this like go me and then i looked in the spreadsheet and somebody's already at like 850 but it's somebody called marcus that i don't think's in the chat so he's just oh, okay. been quietly in the background bursting his arse. So big shout out to Marcus if he's listening. Um, but yeah, um, hopefully I'm going to hit that target. I think I was saying to you the other night, Ben, I was kind of being quite sluggish with it. And a, a few people pulled out and said, you know, it's too difficult or they just didn't want to finish it or they had twinges and stuff. And, and being kind of selfish and having the uh, ego that I do, other people saying that they couldn't do it or that they didn't want to do it just made me want to do it a little bit more. So I think I'll hopefully get over the line on the next couple of days on that. But February's just around the corner and the February uh, challenge, if you want to sign up, guys, it's on the clubhouse, clubhouse.racdg.com. Very simple one this time, 100 kilometers, just cover 100 kilometers in the month of February. You can do that walking, you can do that running, you can split it any way that you want. Ben, you've got right into the running recently, yeah? Yeah, I since the new year, really, I just fancy something a little bit different. Um, I thought, why not? And there's, there's there's a lot of really good runners, really good runners. And to be honest, I'm just seeing that, like, obviously, in the Chub Club, we've got Ian, who, yeah, he phenomenal job last five, year. Five stone or something he lost yeah, last yeah. year? Yeah, last year. I think he's, I think he's looking at, uh, I think, a half marathon or a marathon this year, I think, as well. Guy just runs in a loop. Yeah, he just runs in a loop. He's that mental, that's, like... that's the most yeah, that's the most crazy bit because he was putting in things saying he'd, oh, I've, I've just done twenty two k or I've just done twenty four k there in two hours, and he would put his little heat map up and it would be like watching me at an eleven a side game of football, just like standing in the center circle <laughs> running in a circle, <laughs> just this like tiny little. I'm like, what, what, what the fuck is that? Where were you running? He's like, oh, I just run that less like one kilometer loop. So imagine running a one like a one kilometer loop twenty two times like that. That will drive you off, off your head. That's meant. Well, his, 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 his dad, his dad is a headmaster of a school, and uh, they live at the school, and he's been staying with his parents during lockdown. So it's the it's the running track for the school. That's what he's running around. Wow. So he goes around. It, it takes it did ten kilometers. It's like sixty seven loops or something like that. Jesus Christ, man! He said he sometimes go. He stopped to say goes around in different directions. So <laughs> It's like when you have a wank with the other hand just to freshen things up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh, yeah, yeah, the same. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, speaking of wanks, Crawford, um, what about you? Have you been sticking to an exercise regime? Are you feeling fitter over the last month or so? Well, so the plan was to do this thousand reps over January. Um, the 1st to the 7th of January, I just didn't bother my arse um, because I was still eating chocolate, Christmas chocolate, and had to get through all of that. Uh, and then after the second week in January, I got kind of tore into it and I was doing it right for a while. And then the last week, I just uh, haven't been arsed. Um, so I'm stuck around 300 or something at the minute. But Tough. Um, 
the good thing is about the um, oh, burpees, man. I fucking I don't, I don't even do them anymore. Um, I just fall over on my face, uh, <laughs> which is not fun. But uh, the thing about the Chub Club is kind of interesting is that it, there's a bit of accountability to each other, but in a very kind of you know non criticizing kind of way. Like we don't gentle. we don't give each other. Yeah, we don't we don't really give each other shit. Nobody kind of feels. The, I think the biggest point of it is it's about behavior change and about long-term kind of lifestyle change and you don't do that overnight so somebody comes in and they're like had a bad weekend boys ate yeah. 14 pizzas and five kfcs over the weekend and all of us are just like oh yeah i did the same thing you know? if you're doing well like see when you're doing well it's very easy to get judgy and preach to people that aren't doing well with it but and then you get to the other side of it and you see how easy it is to fall off the wagon with food and stuff i've yo-yoed i've went from 21 stone down to 15 up to 18 down to 6 i've yo-yoed for years and it's very easy when you're motivated to be saying to people oh well, what you need to do is this you need to eat less of this and you need to try this you need to exercise here but then when you're on the flip side of it, sometimes it's the arm around the shoulder you need rather than the boot up the arse. What I will say, Chris Conway, if you're listening, you posted a picture of a dinner uh, last week and there was more calories on that plate than I think I've eaten in January. That Do not post things. <laughs> it looked amazing. <laughs> do not post things like that in that group, right? There's accountability and there's just rubbing things in the face of people who are trying not to eat as much so i was uh i was a heartbeat away from kicking them out of the group at that point but yeah it's nice it's gentle if you've got a little bit of extra baggage in your belly uh or you want a little bit of a fitness challenge over january even we've not only got the chub club but we kind of alluded to there there's the racdg running club that's where the actual athletes and fit people go and i think the challenge for them this week is between like 25 of them to run a thousand kilometers this week so they're, they're maybe on a slightly different level than me and you are Crawford. Yeah, but just was it, Ben, was it last, was it, was it Sunday just gone where there were like 15 of you or something all did 10K in, in the and same it was, day? It was, it, was Ben's, it was Ben's first ever 10K as well, Ben, so tell us yeah. about that. It was, it was the Wooster Classic, the Wooster Classic we had. Um, Alistair put in the, you know, the one up, this, you know, this, you know, get everybody, it was his idea to get everybody out kind of early on a Sunday morning Um is you know 10k was the nominal amount set, but obviously anyone can run as much as you want or anything like that. Because I, I sort of joined that group and I, I you know I've got no place in there. But again, the encouragement, just the same as same as the child club, the encouragement there, you know, and there's no way that I would have done that as early as I did it without the encouragement of that. Um, yeah, and I think uh, there was sort of best part of sort of 16, 20 guys did it or you know, had a go at it on on Sunday. Um, and yeah, it was fantastic. It's fantastic. The buzz, the buzz is real. Everybody's making the best that we can of lockdown and it's little clubs like that I think that are making a real difference to uh, all joking aside to a lot of people's mental health and to just the day-to-day of a lot of people in the RACDG having little things like that to look forward to little bits of structure in the day you'd only done what a six and a half k before and then you just went out and flung in a ten just because you got peer pressured into it by middle-aged men who run a lot this is a regular thing with me. <laughs> the peer pressure is very, very like I can do a lot of stupid stuff. I thought you were going to say you get the, the regular thing was getting peer pressured by middle-aged men to do things you didn't want to do. He <laughs> hasn't done that since the court case, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> so on the flip side of the uh, running in the Chub Club, uh, you're also one of the main men, if not the main man, in the RACDG grill room. So tell us a little bit about the old grill room. Yeah, it all came about because we had a, a bunch of guys. Obviously, not everybody wants to see pictures of people's dinners and uh, various meat ensembles, shall we say. Um, so, <laughs> Unsolicited meat <laughs> pictures. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Carry on. <sighs> yeah. So, we ended up... Um, I spoke, obviously, Rob is a keen griller himself. Um, and we figured, well, why don't we just get a few of us together? And, of course, you know, as with always, you sling the link up in the group. Um, we had a few people in there. Um, our owner of the Addington, Mr. Nose, is a uh, rather knowledgeable griller as well. Um, and we got this again. This- Last time I played golf with Ryan, we were out in the Addington. It was my birthday, the 30th of December. And he spent the entire time on his phone looking at his app 
and is telling me what temperature is bloody wagging you beef <laughs> stirring up what's cooking at me. Yeah. And then he got pissed yeah. off because he, he, he left his wife instructions to like take it out, turn around and put it back in the oven. She got confused, took it out of the grill and put it in the actual oven. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, was, he was tearing strips off her on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, his meat. Again, great. We've got, yeah, obviously there's plenty of pictures and recipe ideas and stuff and it yeah it just extends to everything as of all these things it's never just one thing um and it's just you know another group and obviously yeah welcome anyone who wants to come and be a part of it really yeah and that's that we've been getting involved in a lot of fun things like that guys uh and if you're listening you're not a part of the clubhouse uh, clubhouse.recdg.com get yourself signed up there and you can get involved in all manner of these things obviously we're all golf nuts but there's a lot of other things going on especially when the golf's not here for the next four or five weeks as well uh, obviously Ben's been right at the heart of that as is Crawford and uh, if there's a WhatsApp chat going uh, I want to be involved in it as well I've just been sent a tweet here and I found this really funny before we move on to anything else okay pandemic day 25 I just made banana bread pandemic day 95 I sure do miss my friends dot 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 day 310 the White House appears to be under the control of a shirtless man in a Viking helmet. Day 3.30, Reddit's, co- co- fuck's sake. Reddit's coordinated attack of Wall Street is going as planned. So here's where we are. When they, when they close everything down and you've not got much to do, uh, this is the sort of situations we end up in. At least we're going out for runs and grilling meat instead of uh, taking on full-on insurrections towards our government, which is a fucking good laugh. Speaking of unsolicited uh, meat picks, um, oh. sliding into your into your DMs, uh, should we do uh, your Fog Five, Ben? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's that going to be meat picks? And DMs? I don't know. I just wanted to say it. <laughs> yeah, it well, is. It's block Five time, Ben. Um, <laughs> you know the drill. Top five golf courses. We'll run through them, and then we will wrap things up. So, kick us off. Then number five. Yeah, number five um, is. Golf to Harlow, Northern France, uh, the Les Pins or Les Pins uh, golf course there. Pins, I'm not thank an architect. Le, thank you. That was, the most, that was the most Essex way of pronouncing a French name. <laughs> Les Pins. Les Pins. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know him? Les Pins. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, why, tell us why you like Les Pins so much. <laughs> <laughs> ah, he's gone man he's gone I've broken him um, <laughs> number he five used to is... work down Spitalfields with me <laughs> old man <laughs> a fucking cockney farce right now <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the has yeah. been <laughs> right, so on, Northern France Northern France we'll go with Northern France Le Pen uh, it was <laughs> that means rabbit, Ben. Let's pin to selling rabbits again. <laughs> Lapa is rabbit, Lipa is the pines. Carry on, carry on. Lipoy, right? What Crawford said, what Crawford said, yeah, go on. Um, yeah, went there with a few buddies on a golf trip, and probably like one of the first sort of real proper golf courses ever played on that level probably about five six years ago and gone back there a few times and to be honest i just love it's the vibe it's sort of elevation changes sort of big greens as well um and to be honest being in 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 the pines as you go sort of going around it just you know i suppose now as i'm sort of getting a chance to play better golf courses or you know equivalent golf courses it may not stack up as much, um, but to me, there's kind of, I think you'll see my five, it's not necessarily just great goal courses, it's also stuff that kind of, I. it's what it means more to me, it's about who I'm playing with, rather than just where I'm playing, as it were, but that'll be, that'll be my number five, really, I, I'd love it there, I'd play there all the time, if it's fantastic. A lot of people rave about it. I think partly because it's so close. It, it's like you're in a different country, but you're still so close to home. It's only like an hour's drive from Calais, isn't it? So it's just on the coast. Yeah, it, it's, it's sort of two and a half hours pretty much door for me to get over there. And it's about sort of 40 minutes the so, other side. And so the same just, distance to, to Woodall Spa to, the, to get down there. Woodall Spa further, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's also, it's in the town of, sort of quick in the town of the 2K. I haven't, 
haven't played the golf there, but I've been to Latuke, which is a nice town. Interestingly, the way that most of the seaside resort towns in England are basically shitholes, um, full of um, overweight men with um, uh, fat necks and tattoos. Um, <clears throat> the France French resort, like seaside towns can still be quite nice, and Latuke is lovely. Yeah, it's, like you say, you. You, you almost feel like you feel like you know you're in another country, and you kind of feel like you're on a holiday, despite being like a, you know, just a couple of hours away from home. It's it's it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Number four. Number four uh, would be uh, number four is Woodbridge, where I'm a where I play. Again, it's my kind of golf course, Heathlandy. Um, the vibe there is excellent as well. Um, it's a quick golf course. It has to be said. Uh, see when you say see fan. when you say Le Vibe is excellent. Is that more French again? Is that Les Vibes or? <laughs> Sorry, and I think you'd find it's excellent. But... <laughs> Le, Les Vibes, Les Vibes is excellent. Crack I nearly on. didn't. I nearly didn't put the number five in there because I knew the pronunciation <laughs> would come up. <laughs> excellent. But yeah, it's uh, I I love it again. Really, there's 27 holes there, um, barely a weak hole, uh, and you know it's unreal conditioning for you know for living in Essex as well, where we're kind of just slop fest for six months of the year. It's lovely to go to, um, and in the summer it was it was unreal. So just that'd be my number four. Cracking, uh, tres uno dos tres. Yep, for three. I'm learning Spanish, by the way, so that's as far as I've got. <laughs> We're lucky we only do a top five because I'd be struggling. For three, I've got Saunton East with a sort of notable mention of Saunton West. Um, Saunton East is just a big boy golf course. Um, we obviously... We it's got it's, to it's a kind of golf course where, where only big boys win golf tournaments, isn't it, Ben? Um, you said it, not me. And um, the first, it, first hole of Saunton West as well. The, 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 yes. the kind of people that like to grill a lot of meat... <laughs> This yeah. is, we need Rob again, really. Um, don't we? Uh, <laughs> it, the, the wheels are off. The wheels are off. Sorting, sorting <laughs> number three. Tell us why. Tell us about the art. Tell us about the golf course or something to do with golf. <laughs> it's an absolute brute. Um, we obviously we played on a pretty windy day, and it, I, I like how it actually sort of sits in. Kind of like you've got a lot of the sort of dunes the big sort of hills and stuff and you tee off a lot of them you tee off sort of in, you know inside inside them as well and the whole the, the greens are kind of exactly what you expect from like a like a championship test type golf course um it's long in places and when you go down you turn into the prevailing wind and you've got those closing holes it's an absolute monster but it's Probably not many of my top kind of favourite golf memories are ones where I've really kind of got my face punched in a bit, but that would be one of them where actually I would play there quite happily regularly and get my face punched in and come back for more sort of thing. Um, the West I just really enjoyed. I'd never, I'd never played Saunton until the shed as well, and I, I really enjoyed it. I, there's a bunch of stuff that sticks out to me. First of all, like the the the, the land and the topography around where the clubhouse is is really interesting. The little the putting green over there, where you walk up onto the top of a dune and you tee off the first hole off the top of a dune down into the valley. The thing that's kind of interesting is that um, although it's right next to the sea and you can hear the sea, you never actually see it because there's, there's like a yeah. big line of dunes that you can't see past. Um, yeah. And then it's just got some beautifully like that part. The last part three, that's the seventeenth, is just like so pretty. Yeah. Um, and it also kicked kick my you ass. Just made, like, you just made a dick innuendo and then you went, oh, the topography of the land is so impressive. Like, <laughs> cho- choose what you're going to be. <laughs> Gary, you've known me for over a year now, dude. This, this, this is how I roll. In dicks and meat and topography. <laughs> the autobiography. Number two. Uh, it'd be the Hotchkin uh, Woodall Spa. Um, just, I think, again, maybe first sort of flock Big sort of decent sized flock meet I went to. Cock, cock um, bias. Uh, yeah, cock bias as well. Um, so just, you know, what a brilliant day as as again would be kind of my everlasting sort of memory of it. But the golf course again, just proper golf course if you play it off the correct tees. Um and, <laughs> and all the greens are on. Yeah. And it was it was like, shout out it, Ian Rabinsack. With but the sort of two nines being sort of really quite different as well again I sort of thought I was playing okay the front nine and then so we get to the back nine and it all starts to tighten up and it becomes 
it really does become quite different and it's just again a, a rounded sort of test of golf if that's what you're into or it's just a really really sick golf course to be honest so excellent and uh, take us to the top number one has to be 1A, 1B, Sunningdale, old at 1A and 1B is new. Is um, that no, three weeks in a row, Sunningdale's? Yeah. Um, either been one or two? Yeah. Never played anything like it in my life. Never stepped on a property, anything like it. And you just kind of, we played the new in the morning. Um, again, played with, played with Valister. And he sort of, was, despite the sort of rain, he was, he's played a few times and was sort of shepherding this round a bit. So we sort of had a Sherpa as well, which was kind of added to it. Um I played horribly in the morning, to be honest. So that's, yeah, but a big game, just phenomenal. But then you step on the old in the afternoon. After two holes, the rain cleared up and just, yeah. Oh, fuck you, didn't clear up for me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For the, just the the size of it, the scale of it. um, I don't know enough about the changes over the years. I don't really care, to be honest. I just know that I just played with, you know, mates again. And it was just, you, you very much get the vibe of somewhere very special. And I think is it the T of T of 10, par four, where you're up high and you've got the fairway like quite a way below you. It's quite a yes. bit of a reasonable par four. Yeah, that... It's 10, 10 on the old, yeah. Yeah, 10 and on you the got, old. And you go up on that and then that's where the um, the halfway house is and the top Yeah, of. the back of that. That was just, it kind of blew, blew my mind. Like the whole day was kind of crescendoed into that point. It was just, like, I didn't even know it, but I got to there and I was just like, this is unbelievable. So. And and for for that course to come out top so many times, <clears throat> and like I know we keep saying it, but but we we can't explain just how wet and horrendous that day was. That weather, yeah. Everyone, people who people who worked there thought we were bananas. Like, what yeah. are you like? Why are you here? What are you doing? It's just it was intense. So what's quite so cool wet. about your list as well? There, Ben, is numbers one, two, and three were all at uh, RECDG events last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, my before the last sort of eighteen months really was uh, pretty pretty limited in terms of playing like kind of premium venues as well. And like there's a bunch of others on there that I've played with, you know, um, the RAC, with the, with the flock. Um, we should charge and... for this, Crawford. We should charge to let people be in this club. Look at all the, played all the good courses, lost all the weight, done all the running, got loads of nice meat. Like, why is this all free? I know. Well, maybe we should start a Patreon. Pay up. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we've already done a Patreon. If if all of our listeners subscribe to our Patreon, we would make literally several pounds a month. (laughs) We would be loaded. Mark's putting his hands up to say 10 there. I don't know if you meant 10 pounds or we've got 10 minutes left on the recording, but... Yeah, you're probably in about the right ballpark. If it's no, a fact. I, I, no I, I think that's a sign of surrender, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough, boys. I can't do it anymore. So that was your flock five. Usually, by this time, we're scrambling for time, but we've got a little bit of time left here. So let's just let's just shoot the shit for ten minutes and see how how long people listen for. Here, ben, Ben, have you got any questions for us? We're always up here asking all the questions. Why questions do you want to ask Gary and I? Or Mark? He can he can he can answer in sign language. Um, Mark did have an idea, right? So we're probably going to introduce this into the pod in the next couple of weeks. So this is going to involve you guys out in the flock and I'd like you to get involved in this more when golf comes back. So it's called Holes You Hate. And basically what we're going to do is ask everybody what their most hated golf hole is. And not only are we going to ask you what it is, (laughs) is we're going to ask you if you get the chance to play it and record yourself playing it and talk us through why you hate it. Or just record a voicer telling us why you hate it so much and some of your experiences on it. Mark, I think you've already done a test run on that. So we'll try and maybe give that a run out in the podcast next week to give everybody a little bit of a insight into what we're doing. But I think we talk too much about good golf holes here and, and enjoyable experiences. And I'd like to make things a little bit more miserable uh, for people, more miserable than listening to me and Crawford speaking for an hour. Uh, so we're talking about what golf holes you hate most, why you hate them the most, and what sort of horrible experiences you've had on them. Ben, while we've got you here, anything come to mind off the top of your head about a golf hole that you really, really hate or one that you play regularly and just always kicks your fucking head in? Uh, the 18th at Sultan East. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect answer. Played it once, scored to par, plus three <laughs> points, zero. Is, to be fair, it's a great closing hole. 
yeah, just not for me. With into that win, goodness me. But this yeah. very the very first holes we hit. So I've got one. The fourteenth hole on the new course at Essendon. I left Essendon just before Christmas, but for a couple of like a couple of years ago, for about eight months. I genuinely considered leaving the club that I was a happy member at <laughs> because I hated that hole so much. They they redid it, so they changed the bunkers around. It used to be that there were loads of bunkers around the green and then but nothing up to that. And then they put two fairway bunkers in and changed the, the bunkers around the green. And after they changed it, for eight months, I didn't score a single Stableford point <laughs> for, for eight months straight. That's and it's and it's a 295 yard par four. It's the stroke index 18, easiest hold on the golf course, and I could not fucking play it. And it totally got in my head that every time I'd kind of I'd be walking around, and, and when you walked along the, the the fifth hole, it's kind of alongside the 14, so you'd see it kind of down the hill. And I'd be playing with people, and I'd tell them, "Oh, just you know, so you know, I'm having a problem with the 14th, and like I can't play that hole. It's my nemesis hole." And then by the time I got around to the 14th, it had built up in my head, and I'd get onto the tee, and I just I couldn't I couldn't settle on a way to play it because everything I tried would kick me in the ass. If I tried to hit a driver, it would go way right or it would land in a bunker or it would whatever. If I tried to play safe with a five with five iron, it would take a ridiculous Sean bounce right into the trees and end up in a bunch of shit. And I couldn't, I'd end up in a, in a divot and end up in a, like it was just constant. Every time I did it, I could not, and obviously because it's stroke index 18, it didn't have a shot there. So it was five or bust, bogey or bust. And I could not play it. And I got so angry with it, like aggressively, violently angry. I couldn't play it. Eventually, one of my friends, a guy called um, Nigel, I was, he's like a plays off five, he's a good golfer. And uh, I was telling him about my, my traumas on the way around. And he's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And we got down to the tee box and I'm like faffing around. I don't know what to do, don't know what to do. And he pulled my driver out, pulled the, the head cover off it, put it in my hand and said, now hit the fucking ball and shut up. And I walloped it, landed on the green, put it out for a birdie, and that was me finished. I was, after that, I was fine. But it took him to snap me out of it. And I hated that hole. Couldn't play it. Did you say you've got a few um, mental issues on the golf course, Crawford? <laughs> well, we know that. Not just on a golf course, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we've got time for, guys. Uh, I know we said we had quite a while left, but by the time Crawford got through that story, um, we're about it's, done. It, it's, it's been sitting in the pit of my stomach for a while, Gary. It needed to come out. So we'll, now we'll I can finish off, my, finish off my reps for the rest of this month. I feel like I've, I've unburdened myself. I'm lighter on my feet now. We'll come back uh, next week with a little bit more on that. Holes you hate, a little new feature there. We'll also, um, we threatened to do a competition last week. We've dropped the ball on it. We will do it this week. We'll look at the RIP Charles Memorial Day in May. We'll get the best ideas for that. And Crawford is going to give away a Titleist, no, a Footjoy Titleist Midlayer thing. No, 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 no it, it's a Titleist bucket hat, Titleist waterproof bucket hat that is a small to medium. Uh, uh-huh. so I, I might find something else. <laughs> I do have like a like a footjoy quarter zip you can have over here. Usually yeah. competitions in a podcast require some sort of um regimented things being laid out uh, in advance of time, which we don't tend to do. But do you mean do you mean, do you mean rules, Gary? Yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> or rules as they call them in French. <laughs> les, les rules. Um, les rules. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be doing that. Uh, I'm going to go. I've got 200 burpees to do between now and Sunday, so that will take up most of my time. Crawford, anything exciting planned over the weekend? Oh, oh, we never spoke about Rory shit in the bed. Oh well, let let's let's just let's just pass by that. Let's forget about it. It's in the past. <laughs> Who cares? Doesn't matter. We'll come back to that. We'll speak about that next week when he probably goes and wins Tory Pines this week. That's it. Well, he's just teed off in Tory Pines, so he'll probably shit the bed twice by the time we're speaking next week. <laughs> so we will come back to that. I meant to bring that up to you, Crawford, because there was some spirited debate about that in the chat as well. Uh, whether uh, Terrell Hatton actually won or it didn't count as a win because there wasn't enough pressure on him. Shout out Grant's second worst take of the week. Um, but apart from that. Ben, anything exciting planned over the next week or anything you want to plug or speak about or bring up? No, just uh, awaiting the tea arrival and then uh, get my counting fingers on. Happy days. 11,000 teas incoming. With that, I don't envy you, Ben, because people don't realise that the, the, the teas just come in a 
fucking great big bag all mixed up together and then ben's gonna have to go through and separate all of the different designs and the different and then once he's done all of that then start packaging them up into bags to send to people it's 11,000 teas, it's a it, lot. It's beginning to look like a distribution centre, I won't lie, with the stuff that's been <laughs> delivered in the last few days. Good thing you're in lockdown and you've nothing better to do, I suppose. Um, so with that said, uh, Ben, thank you very much for joining us. Crawford, thank you very much again for all of the Willie innuendos. Mark, thank you for sitting there uh, quietly and agreeing to go through and edit some of the nonsense uh, that we've spoken out today. And thank you, everybody, as always, for listening out there in the world. Be sure to check out our sister betting podcast, gambling podcast run by Aaron Luxembourg. You can find that on the Clubhouse. It's in the RACDG podcast thread in the Clubhouse and in the chats as well. Aaron's doing a great job over there, helping us lose some money on the gambling side of things. Um, it's not on our, our RSS feed though because Rob won't allow it so you need to go find it somewhere else uh, <laughs> but uh, they guys have done a good job over there Ben can I just say uh, thank you very much for coming on the pod and sharing uh, all of your anecdotes with us and uh, your Flog 5 and as soon as the weather gets better I'm going to invite myself around to taste some of your meat more than welcome thanks for having me oh man just Cut it by everybody. What Bye. you've you've got you've got filthy minds. I just wanted to come out and get some of his grilled sausage. I don't know what Bye. you're talking about. Bye, every, play play the music, Mark. Play some music. It's disgusting. <laughs> That's went, that went off the rails at least three times. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>